United Methodist Church. Loving as God intends through helping, healing, and home. Good morning. This morning we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse 1. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. May we be blessed this morning by the reading and the hearing of God's word. Let's pray. Good morning, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to be able to, to gather together like this, to worship you, to sing your praises, and to now turn our attention to your scriptures. We ask this morning that you might open our ears that we might hear, but even more than hearing, that you might touch our hearts and that you would transform us through your Holy Spirit into the people that you've called and created us to be. I pray this morning for a clarity of thought, that as I speak, it be the words that you have for us, and that you might hide me behind your cross, so that what we experience here today is you, your glory, your strength, your grace, your mercy, your love, your justice, and your righteousness. We pray all these things in your most holy and precious name. Amen. So the first time I ever picked up a guitar to really learn how to play it, I was 14 years old. And I, uh, I started out with a classical guitar. I remember I went to Clearwater Mall in Florida. I was a, uh, I was a Jew, let's see, a sophomore in high school. And I told my mom I want to play the guitar. And so we went and I got a classical guitar, which... It's an acoustic with nylon strings, a little bit smaller, doesn't have a pick guard, things like that. And I took lessons for several months. I began to learn all the different um, scales. Uh, I learned pentatonic blues scales. I learned the method scale. I learned how chords were formed. I began to learn sort of music theory. But after about um, three or four months, I decided that what I really wanted to do, rather than to, um, to learn the classical guitars, I wanted to be the next Eddie Van Halen. And so I began, uh, I picked up an electric guitar and I began to play in a band and we never, we never were very good. One of the things that I found is um, it was really hard for us to find a lead singer. We had a drummer, we had a, um, a bass player, and then I played the guitar. And so the natural thought was that as a guitar player, they were going to have me be the front man. And while I had, I had sung uh, at that point, up, uh, up to that point in the... Um, children and youth choir at the church that I had attended, I, I really wasn't much of a singer. And so the band really never went anywhere. And eventually, uh, by the time I was 19, I had given up. I was in college and I just began to have different interests. And so I, um, I picked it back up when I was about 32 years old picked the guitar back up. In fact, I didn't have any guitars anymore, so I, I went to the pawn shop. We were living in Cookville at the time. And so I drove to the pawn shop, and I found a guitar. I picked it up, and I brought it home and decided that I was going to 
try to, to play again. The reason I wanted to do that is because I wanted to be able to do music with the youth group that I was working with at the time. And so I picked up the guitar and I thought it would be a lot of fun for us if we would be able to, to be able to, um, to sing some songs at the beginning of youth group on Wednesday nights. Interestingly enough, the, the guitar came back to me pretty quickly. I, I remembered uh, the chords. And I can remember some of, the, some of the scales and things like that. But what I didn't realize is how difficult it would be for me to sing and to play an instrument at the same time. And uh, for a long time, I, I would only sing, like I, strum, I would strum the guitar at the same cadence that I was singing. And, and it just, it really, it was really difficult for me. It took me almost a year to be able to sing and play the guitar at the same time. Now, the funny thing is now, I really am uncomfortable singing without the guitar. Uh, the guitar helps keep me in tune and makes sure that it doesn't get too bad. So anyway, I thought it'd be fun this morning to, uh, to play a song. That's, um, that's pretty bad. That's, that's out of tune. So what we're going to do um, is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into what we're talking about today. And while we're doing that, I'm going to go ahead and try to tune the guitar. Uh, this morning, we're beginning a, a new sermon series. And it's called uh, Love is the Greatest. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at all of chapter 13. And we're going to talk through, this is one of those chapters that a lot of times people want read at weddings and things like that. And, um, and so I thought, you know, what is it, what's it really saying? What's Paul saying? Because I don't think that what Paul's writing here is something that would be very lovely for people to read or, or sentimental or even, you know, embroider on pillows or put on posters. And so what is Paul saying here? What's Paul talking about? He begins to talk about love. He begins with this idea that, that um, if I could speak, all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And I think it's important as we jump into that to think about the fact that, that the purpose of being able to communicate, the purpose of language is so that we can communicate with one another. It's so that we can um, have, have a way to share ideas with one another, to be able to share truth with one another. It is, um, it's a way for us to connect. And, and what Paul, what Paul's doing here is he's indirectly critiquing the Corinthians with their self. The, the, the Corinthians were known for uh, their pride in uh, their ability to, to speak eloquently um, with the early church, uh, there was this idea of being able to speak in tongues. Um, they were really prideful in their wisdom. It, it, I mean, the, the Corinth itself was a, a seat of a lot, a seat of a lot of the um, the Greek philosophers. You have um, with that, they're really proud of their their deep understanding of things. And so, what Paul's doing is actually is actually critiquing their pride in in their ability to. to to speak in tongues in order to have all this wisdom and, and all this understanding. And I, I, I want to real quick say this is an idea, this, this clanging cymbal and this, this clashing gong is something that he is introducing here, but he actually carries off into chapter 14. In verse 7 he says this, Even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp must play the notes clearly, 
or no one will recognize the melody. And so what he's saying is that if, if it's not in tune, if, if there's not love in what you're saying, then no one's going to be able to hear you. It reminds me of that old saying that no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And so, so basically what he's saying is you can go off and, and you can even be saying the right things. You can be speaking in tongues. You can be using the words of angels, speaking in the tongues of angels. But, but no one's going to hear you. It's useless. It's a waste. If, if it's not coming from a place of love within you. He gives, he gives two examples. By the time he gets to verse 3 here, he gives two examples of things that, that gain social notoriety and presumably status. But he says again that these without, without love, that they're done, uh, you, you, they're done for yourself, right? He says, you may get to brag about it, but in the end, you're nothing. Right? I, I think it's really interesting. He says this. He says that um, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. In other words, you're not, other people might think highly of you, um, but you still lack. You're still, you're still missing something. And it's that thing that God's looking for in you. With, with the mention of each of these items that Paul's going through in these three short verses, the, the refrains describing lovelessness become more blatantly self-indulgent and more individualistic and self-serving. So you begin with this idea of being able to communicate and how this idea of being able to communicate is supposed to be able to benefit others and benefit yourself as well. There's this mutual benefit that comes when communication is done through love, when the sharing of ideas and concepts and, and truth, when it's done in love, that it, it benefits both the, the hearer and the speaker. Uh, but it, it eventually gets all the way to where what Paul's talking about are things that you're doing just for yourself. He even questions the idea of, of being willing to, where he says this, uh, if I gave everything to the poor and even sacrificed my body, willing to die for somebody else. But if you're doing it just so that you can brag or boast uh, or have people think highly of you, right? So what he's doing is he's taking this and he's bringing it all the way to you personally. And he's saying that, that, that well, he's saying it subtly, but powerfully, is that no matter how magnificent the accomplishment, power, or action, when love is missing, the exercise in question becomes vain, selfish, fruitless, and, and individualistic. It doesn't even serve to accomplish this self-aggrandizement that, that we might be trying to accomplish. One of the ways that I saw it translated is this. Without love, I help not myself at all. Extraordinary gifts, grand abilities, and skills extravagant actions. All these, ironically, are emptied of any worth without love. See, love can never begin with the question, what's in it for me? Instead, love looks first to the other and asks, what's best for you? What, what would help you? Let, let me try to finish tuning this guitar.
Let's see if this sounds a little better. You see, when it's in tune, it's something that uh, you can hear and it sounds great and something you may even want to join in with. And I think that that's Paul's point, is that when we have love as our motivation moving us, that we're able to communicate truths better, that we're able to share ideas better, that we're able to build relationships better, because that's the purpose of being able to speak and communicate with one another. And that our motivations become to a point where, where even when we're willing to lay down our lives for somebody, it's not self-aggrandizement, it's not self-serving, that actually becomes for the benefit of another. My prayer this morning is that that's where we find ourselves, motivated by love, inspired by the actions of Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Like a hurricane, I am a tree. And 